Welcome to The 7th Art, a podcast on cinema and a video magazine on cinema that you can watch at www.the7thart.org. My name is Christopher Heron. I'm the host and a producer on the magazine, and I'm joined with one of the other producers, Brian Robertson. Hey, Chris. And we are here to talk about Quebecois uh, wunderkind uh, <laughs> Xavier Dolan. Yeah, Xavier Dolan was in Toronto um, for the 2013 Canadian Screen Awards with his film Lawrence Anyways. Uh, he was nominated for a number of different uh, categories, including um, Best Picture and, um, I mean, uh, Best Dr- Writing, Best Director. Director, writer. <coughs> and we met up with uh, Xavier the day before the awards to talk uh, to him about Lawrence Anyways. And it's a it's a, a normal length interview for us, but we do really only just talk about Lawrence Anyways in depth and relate it to his previous two features. Um, I Killed My Mother and Heartbeats, and he says some really interesting and candid things. Xavier's a really great interview subject. Uh, He's really charismatic, and we had a lot of fun with this interview, which I think we both agreed at the end we wanted to be longer, but we were being kicked out of the restaurant because they were about to start service. Right. So enjoy this interview with Xavier Dolan. No, never. I wouldn't, for I killed my mother, because I had no reason to. And uh, then uh, I think we had one or two nominations for Heartbeats, but I was shooting. Well, you had trouble fund, like, the funding bodies weren't kind to you for I killed my mother, right? Yeah, I can tell you about that if you want. Yeah. But, um, it's, um, are you feeling right now? Has it started? Has it started? The no, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. You should you should tell me. Let's just go forward assuming I'm gonna be like super different. I'm gonna change and, and become someone else. No, I'm not. But um uh, no, the funding was um um yeah, uneasy with I killed my mother because um I, I have not directed anything before and they didn't know me and uh and I, I assume that's you know logical that they would not finance a movie up to like two million dollars no it was yeah it was 2.4 the first mm. budget which is way too high for such a little film and um yeah they didn't know me and they didn't but they also didn't think the script was good nobody did to be frank but nothing changed when it got made right like in no. the script no so then other people thought it was good yeah, actors and, 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 and what do you mean afterwards or when they were re- yeah, well actors left the, the script and, and pe- people around me and then when I was wondering if they were just being nice but uh, I also thought that um, it was a matter of seeing it and I, I knew what I wanted very precisely and, and I explained my, 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 uh, my vision to the, the, the funding agencies but and, and, and I get, it was a nice pitch. It was a nice conversation, you know, like a five or six or seven people around the table and um, all, you know, uh, they're asking questions and you're giving answers and you're trying to sell whatever film you're defending. 
it was uh, anyway. But then once it gets into can, the tune changes. Uh, Telfilm felt bad. I think um, I was not. You know, I decided not to play that that uh, sort of um, asshole thing and, and be like, well, you know, guess who's in Cannes now? I, I thought it was it was just you know, they read tons and tons of scripts and they don't have money, literally no money, um, and uh, they have to make safe bets. Mm. So. Um, and not resent anything or anyone for that. It's interesting though that during that film you're writing or you have the idea for Lawrence. Yeah. And it must have seemed like the budget for that would have been much larger because of its it's a period piece. So you're What you're, is your question exactly? I didn't get to it. I didn't get to it. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so you're making a film where, you know, it's your it's your first film, you're getting you're having some difficulty getting some funding for it. Meanwhile, You've also got this idea germinating for something that's much more ambitious. Well, I had to be honest. I had the idea for Lawrence when we were already shooting. I killed my mother, mm. so I did have the fund. Well, it was not, you know, it was not, it was no uh, state funds. Mm, yeah. It was um, my own money actually, and some love money that I had gathered from my father, my family, uh, people I had worked with in the industry of dubbing, dubbing movies, uh, dubbing movies forever. Since I'm, yeah, since I've been... Like, you do the dubbing, like... Yeah, as an actor yeah, voice. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm the French voice of a lot of actors since I'm eight. And uh, so I had some money from that, and I worked with people from that industry, and they... they one of the, one of my friends, who's um, Michelle Pfeiffer's voice, I think, yeah, uh, called everybody and said, he's making his first film, could you, you know, throw in some cash, just a little something, just a you know, and uh, we get, I gathered like this twenty five grand. Whose voice were you? Whose voice am I? What's hmm. uh, the hit list? Well, uh, Taylor Lautner <laughs> in all of his films. Um, Rupert Grint <laughs> in Harry Potter. Do you tell people you were a part of Harry Potter? I don't, you know, I don't usually introduce myself. I am Xavier <laughs> Dolan's Rupert Grint's voice in Harry Potter. But, uh, uh, yeah, when people ask, I, I, you know, I'm actually proud of, 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 of it. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun to be yeah. dubbing. It's a great um, way to keep up with acting uh, when no one's employing you. Mm. <laughs> Sad face. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm not saying this in any sort of bitter way, but it, it was the only contact I had with acting for many years. Mm. So you're working on Lawrence at that point. Well, what was the approach that you were taking to the subject matter? Like one question that always comes up to me when I think about films like this is kind of how you deal with representation when you're kind of writing for someone, a character that's so different than your own experience. Like what, what challenges come with that? Challenges. Um, or opportunities. Well, I um, you mean how would I do some sort of how would I do research or how would I yeah, write I mean, a yeah, character yeah. like uh, like Lawrence yeah. when I had little very little to do with him? Okay. Uh, well, 
there's always things you can relate to mm. uh, in, 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 in people. Um, Lawrence is, is, is different and I always felt different, not that different, not like, mm -hmm. but uh, just a little different. Uh, so that is something you can hold on to and, 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 and try to understand, you know, when people look at you, when people uh, um, ask you too many questions or when they're being, you know, intrusive. You, you, there are a couple of um, um, things that we had in common. And then uh, the rest is, uh, you know, using your imagination and, and, and seeking, the, you know, your friend's advice and counsel and, and, and listening to them, whether they're, you know, when they're saying that um, this is bad or this is wrong or this is, uh, and then just trying to, to do things honestly. Uh, you know, it's not that hard to imagine what it, what it would be like for a, a man who's, who's a teacher and who's, who's uh, very much in love with his girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, what does, you know. I basically relied on my very, very close friendship with uh, girlfriends to imagine what, it, you know, I don't, you don't have to, it's stupid, you don't have to be heterosexual to understand what a heterosexual relationship is like, it's, it's you know. Um, so yeah, I based myself on this, those friendships that I had with, with girlfriends. Well, you know what I'm saying, fag hags. So uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. Well, they're fag hags. Let's you know. Let's call. Let's call people what they are. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, we have the, the, these moments and this. We have this intimacy, and we've, we've we've you know, when they come home, they always sleep with me. Although we do not have sex, uh, but. Uh, so I could imagine what it, you know, mm. it's not unimaginable for me to, to uh, like, oh, this character is heterosexual. I don't, I don't think I can write that script. I'm going to meet someone else. Uh, it's, you know, and uh, seeing things for older people in a script, they just have an entire life behind them, mm. uh, life full of experiences and, 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 and surprises and, 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 and bliss and, and, and sad moments and you just have to try to thank you thank you just have to try to imagine what what it's like um does that answer your question yeah. or is it like confused and no it makes sense but it made me think of something that stood out to me about the lawrence character is that he's a teacher and that seemed like it was significant you mentioned it like right off the bat i'm wondering what that position meant for that character like teaching french literature right like a celine and um well, I wanted him to be in the arts without being annoying, mm. so he couldn't be a painter. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, no, actually. Uh, but um, I wanted him to be in an environment that's pretty, uh, you know, in a public environment, mm. public function environment. Yeah. So when you, when you teach in Cégep in, mm. uh, in, in Quebec, you are, uh, well, it can be private, but normally you, you are uh, ruled by state. So I wanted him to be in that environment, and I wanted him to be with perhaps more uh, conventional people uh, in order to eventually, so that his choices would collide with their values and their beliefs at some point. And um, so that was the teacher thing. But then uh, teaching French and then literature, and it's just, I don't know. There's an interesting relationship in the Could have been Baker, but yeah. it would have been a different story. <laughs> well, Romare. Um, but he, 
there's an interesting relationship with the students at the start, where it seems like with the, sh the way the shots are constructed, that maybe there's going to be some relationship with one of the students, or he's he's being looked at as a teacher. The teacher performs. Um, uh, there's yeah, there's this role model thing that becomes quite you know ironic, mm -hmm. ironic or ironical. I don't remember ironic. which exists and which doesn't. Uh, it's um, yeah, for me there was this. Uh, Thing where he, he's supposed to be a role model at some point, uh, and I wanted him to be in relation with with the younger with, with younger people because uh, you know when he comes in uh, the first day he comes in as a dress as a woman uh, like the kids are so about the assignment you know they don't really care and that was I guess that was important for me uh, to feel that there was you know, I didn't want him to go to school and then. Nah, immediately, to, I wanted wanted to, uh, there to be a sort of takeoff uh, that was that, that that was quite nice and 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 and, and calm and, and as if everything would actually work out and finally it doesn't. How did you come across the kind of interview structure for the entire story? It was well. First of all, a lot of these interviews have been recorded afterwards. Uh, when we when we edit when I edited the film, I um, I realized but but I knew that this would probably come in handy. I knew that the the, the sort of um, um, the, <laughs> the the second or double narrative or whatever uh, the envelope around the film would probably um, uh, provide people with in, uh, information that we would be lacking. Or if I wanted to cut scenes and for people to still understand, mm. then I could, you know, mention them in the interviews and the voiceover. Uh, so there was this aspect, but it, it was not only accessory. It was not only about making the movie work. I wanted to have a double na narrative because I love double narratives, um, and uh, you know, hearing someone's voice is like someone taking your hand all through the film. It's a long film. Uh, you need to tell the people the movie is progressing. You're you're moving on. You you are getting closer and closer to the end. So having that 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 voice uh, was a way of giving structure to the story, but a way of 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 you know making sure the public is still mm. uh, watching, listening, and uh, and then at the end when you when you finally see her face, you can't have to tell yourself we're minutes away now. It's it's the end. So there's this excitement too, I think, uh, but maybe I'm the only one. But it's a character that's kind of judgmental, or at least yes. You know, so yes. the audience is identifying to some degree with. Yeah, there's this too. It's it's a sort of um, yeah. I, I think that a lot of people can watch this film with with um, uh, some preconceived ideas at, at first, and I'm not pretending like we are. Uh, subverting these uh, these preconceived ideas by the end of the movie, this is not. I I, I wish mm. we can do that, but uh, um, I think that a lot of people through you know watch the film and and by the end are like, oh well, okay, and, uh, and because there are a lot of characters that don't like this this transformation and that don't like Lawrence, mm -hmm. and and uh, you can identify to Lawrence or to Fred, but there will always be people to. That, that is why there are so many characters, because it was necessary for such a long film to get to know people through their friends and their families and to also have a very, very, um, uh, 
have a variety of of uh, of, of standing points. Mm. Uh, people, uh, yesayers, those uh, people who are against it, people who are neutral, people who uh, are dubious, people who are. You know, it was important for me to uh, have a large. I'm not going to use that word. It's too risky. I don't know what it means. No, take it. Take the risk. No, <laughs> no. A large um, <laughs> s s spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Or a cross section, you could say, yeah. like when they're cutting a tree or something. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of uh, different opinions. So, in this film, there's the kind of the theme that you introduce immediately of being looked at. I just want people to know that I'm wearing this because it's not a stupid accessory. It's because it's cold here. So it's not some sort of fashion statement or whatever. We'll have something running at the bottom and explain it. <laughs> um, so you have this motif of being looked at and looking at other people that I think is kind of introduced in, in Heartbeats in a way. There are characters that dress to be looked at, the camera, the slow motion, the moving behind kind of I'm represents people as images. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure not a lot of people understood that there was a sort of uh, that I was being a little judgmental towards characters in pretty much all of my films. A lot of people think that uh, what they see is what they, you know, like they, they don't understand that yeah, I'm making fun of these, of these hipsters as much as I love them, but I'm also making fun of them. Uh, and, so, and people see me on screen and they're like, this is who he is. So, uh, and, and, and so that's, that's, anyway, I don't know what I'm saying. It's an honest feeling though, like to kind of know that you're going to be looked at in some capacity and it's something that becomes, I think, a little stronger in Lawrence, like the beginning with all the shots of looking straight into the camera, kind of a surveillance. Uh, yeah, well, in Lawrence, there's a very strong sense of, 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 of looking mm -hmm. and seeing. Uh, he's under some sort of watch constantly. Uh, we wanted to have this sort of heaviness, mm. this sort of uh, surveillance uh, feeling or, or sensation uh, to the to the movie. It was in, it was important, I think, to, for people to um, well, people looking you know directly to the camera or looking directly to the to the public to to the audience. So it was a way of of returning. The, the, the insistent looking to, to people who may have, you know, uh, either uh, been a victim of this or uh, people who, who looked at other people too insistently or, or too, in a too judgmental way before. Mm. It was a way of returning them this, this, this behavior and this um, indiscretion. Is that why the film, there, there are some shots that are like the opposite where the action is happening far away? from where the camera is located. Yeah, I, I didn't really want to have medium shots in, in Lawrence. I really wanted it to be rather very close mm. or very far. I don't know why. There's no reason. It looks good. Thank you. A lot of tracking away, too. Do you, do you feel like people have maybe pigeonholed too much on the slow-mo, or is it something you don't care about? Like, you're just going to... I love slow-mo, yeah. and... Um, I mean, I see really no reason of of labeling slow mo of of you know of of deciding that that slow mo is you no know, one first no one has the monopoly of of such a it's I mean it's such an easy thing to do when you don't shoot in normal speed you shoot in high speed or low speed there are three options out there so uh, you know and then it does not belong to any genre or to any 
aesthetic school of thought. It's, it's, it, you know, slow-mo is just, um, when, whenever you feel it, you do it. Mm. And uh, I, don't, I don't regret the way I used it in, in, in heartbeats, and I don't regret the, regret the way I, I used it in, in Lawrence anyways. It's, um, especially in Lawrence anyways, I feel like there is no, well, maybe, yeah, maybe once or twice, uh, but there are not a lot of moments where I'm like, ugh, slow-mo here was useless. I have, you know, there are a lot of flaws in this film, a lot of things that I know that I could have done differently. Uh, but slow-mo is not one of them. What do you think is a flaw in, in Lawrence? Ugh. Shit, I said that. <laughs> you mean like script or do you mean like in the shooting or? No, in the shooting. Um, I don't know. Some, uh, I'm really, really proud of this film. It's my, it's the, it's my, by far the one that I can watch without throwing up. So, uh, I not throw up actually when I watch my films. Uh, but uh, when I watch I Kill My Mother, it's sort of very hard for me. Uh, Heartbeats is okay, but it's long. You know, for me, Heartbeats is twice as long as Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. Even, the, even though it's, it's in length, it's running like half the length. Of, you know, it's, it's just a matter of um, how you receive a film and how you feel and how you, you know, when you watch it, what, what impression you're on. When I'm watching Heartbeats, for me, it's endless. Every scene should end sooner. Every, uh, every, it's every attempt at you know trying stuff is 50% of the time a failure. Uh, and in Lawrence, for me, I'm getting closer to what I want to do and, and the way I want to say things and show them and um, the way I want to film people. Uh, I also think that there is not only one way to film people and that I'm not getting closer to a signature or to an approach because I really want to give every script what it deserves in terms of filmmaking. I don't think that, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be one filmmaker. Uh, I don't want people to be like, oh yeah, that's so like him. There are things that I love, like I love people yelling at each other, obviously. Uh, not at each other, actually. I really love people yelling at someone. Uh, but these are, you know, you can have that in so many different scripts and film in so many different ways. Mm. Uh, sorry, I just took so off on some thought. But it's interesting. You're, you're looking at the script of Lawrence generally, and, you're, and you say you have an idea of how each script should be shot. What were you thinking for Lawrence? Like when you're approaching shooting it, what kind of ideas did you have for how it would look? When did 4 or 3 come in as kind of the, the framing? Oh, since so the very since the very beginning, because um, when I was uh, doing when I was color timing heartbeats when we were in, in color timing, um, at one point she was the the, the color artist, the color timer <laughs> uh, is um, was 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 working on the um, on the full uh, frame, and I was like, huh, what's that? And uh, she was like, well, it's your full frame, dumb ass. And I said, it's, I love it. We should, we, should, we should use it. We should use it that way. But there were you know, all the mics and all the, so it didn't work. And I said, next time I want to do this. And then I saw Fish Tank. Mm. And I was like, eee. Uh, and I thought it was a very uh, good use of, of uh, I, I think the first thing I felt before you know, giving any sort of theoretical explanation or, or 
academic explanation. The first one is sentimental and emotional, is what I felt when I saw the full frame of heartbeats. I felt like the story was more intimate, immediately more intimate. I don't know why. It felt like it was some sort of family memories filmed at Christmas. It spontaneously felt more touching and more uh, more suffocating too. And Lawrence was 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 a good opportunity to try to prove that. I think. And it's symmetrical too. Like a lot of the compositions are yeah. symmetrical. I'm crazy with that shit. I don't like things to be. I don't like. I I don't like when it's not symmetrical. It what? Breathe. I'm 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 pain in the ass. Like we can spend so much time on a set making things like. Oh no, that's too much. Wait, is that why that's part of the story? Like going through and adjusting, like moving everything slightly, and then recording it. What do you mean? Sorry, where they move uh, friends, oh, yeah. husbands. Uh... No, I have this friend who's very. Um, um, well, he he loves things to be at their place and really, you know, like very weird. And uh, at one point, he was. Uh, working uh, in Europe, and I, I, I had no apartment. I was staying in his place, and uh, me and <laughs> and and Suzanne, Suzanne, who's actually Fred in the film, Suzanne came over for dinner, and uh, and then uh, she, uh, you know, misplaced something, and I said, no, you really have to put it back. And she was like, oh my god, why, crazy? And I said, I don't know. It's just the way he likes it to be. And then we're like, okay, let's see how you know how accurate this 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 is in his mind. How you know how much atten attention he will pay to these uh, details. So we misplaced very slightly different objects like uh, books and, 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 and stuff. And uh, he came in in the afternoon. He called me and he was laughing. I noticed everything. It was like, ooh, you're really crazy. <laughs> now everybody knows it. Uh, but uh, anyway, I love that person. So yeah, we just transferred that to the script. I thought it was funny. What was your relationship with Suzanne on the film? Like, what kind of director are you with actors being someone who acts yourself? Very, uh, as for any departments, I think, very controlling, very, very, I think. I would love to be very precise. Yeah. I think I, I, I am. It doesn't mean I'm right or wrong, though. Uh, but Suzanne is someone with whom I really love to work, and all of her suggestions make sense. Also, she's a real actress, actress who will throw herself in the deepest um, states of mind, deepest chasms of, of creation, and, and so she'll, she'll reach a state, and sometimes you wonder if it's fake, because I don't have the ability to do that, to completely forget about what's going on, but she, she has this capacity of completely uh, losing herself in a scene and at one at a, at a point where she's going, going to become very vulnerable so if you talk to her she's like what <sighs> because she's in this scene and you're like it's okay I really I would like to do the scene on my own and I'm like okay sure let's try one take um, on your on your own and then uh, she'll come back and just say sorry I was really and I'm like it's fine it's fine and then um, you know she'll say things like very uh, frankly like uh, does she has to do this? Is she some sort of suburban idiot housewife somewhere? Did she has to 
dress that way. This is ugly. I'm going to look fat. And it's not only about looking fat. This is ugly and it's not good for you. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, and then I'm going to leave and I'm going to, you know, we're going to pretend we're, we're uh, angry at each other. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to say you were right. And I'm like, it'll be what? You were right. What? And anyway, so we always end up um, agreeing because I think that whatever she says uh, goes in the direction of whatever I want to mm. say in film. And so it's never, it's never free or it's never, it, oh, there's a, well, I guess that, that's not a problem, but I'll, so she's, she's never, um, she's never selfish in her comments or in her questions or, uh, and she's also willing to do everything you want her to do. And uh, she's very creative. She's good with ad, she's good with improv. She's, she's going to, you know, respond. And I talk during scenes. Constantly do this with your chin do that. This is what I was talking about when I said that sometimes she would be distracted and not understand what was going on uh, but Most of the time she's very quick on, on, on Responding to these notes that are given during the scene and not afterwards because we don't have a lot of time But also it's not about time and about combining things It's also that sometimes you see a scene and it's perfect and it's just lacking a little the tiny tiniest little thing and you don't want to you know, risk that they're going to do it another take differently. You want it now, so you just say do this, and then they do it, and then it's it's exactly you know it's as good as it can get. Uh, well, according to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. How much how much improv is there? It, it doesn't seem like not a film, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everything is scripted, and not every actor is comfortable or, to be honest, talented, mm. uh, in in uh, and only is comfortable to do improv and, and, uh, and, and talented to do so. So uh, it's a matter of with whom you're, you know, who, who is in the scene and, and, and who is uh, interacting with, with, with who, uh, then it can, you know, happen or it cannot. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of in, improv. I'll be behind the camera and I'll say do this and this and this and this. And the way they respond spontaneously to what I ask is, is, is you know, it's not improv, but it's it's not scripted. Um, Suzanne will often add things of her own um, that I like, that are good. Monia will will do this too. Monia Shakti. Mm. Um, but it's not something that I have with a lot of people. It's not something that I will. Well, I don't want to say aloud because I'm not an asshole, but. Um, like you know, sometimes you don't you don't want to waste any time, and you, you're you're on a very tight schedule, and you just want to do the scene with no further um, useless uh, ticks or or you know uh, superfluous uh, lines or whatever. Was it tight on Lawrence? Because like you have your by far your biggest budget, and and we had got... a lot of time. We had like sixty days, oh, okay. which was insane. Yeah, but again. Still, we lacked mm. some time. Some, you know, during, like, yeah, we cut a lot of scenes. We, um, can you believe it? Uh, we, yeah, we. It was not. Um, it was not always easy. We had to, you know. Uh, and and when you have such a big crew. Going into overtime is a nightmare for producers. It's just insanely expensive. 
we were like, at some point we were 80 on set. So that's basically, you know, every minute is worth something like $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, 5K. It's just insanely expensive to do overtime. So I was sometimes really stressed. And, and, and uh, I guess this has nothing unique, though. It's, it's, it's pretty common. Yeah, well, I mean, is it like new for you at that point? Like that? Well, it's not coming you... for Brian Singer because <laughs> he's got a lot of money to do his films. I love Brian Singer. What's your favorite Brian Singer film? First question. Second question. Usual. Yeah. Suspects. Yeah. And going back to Lawrence. <laughs> um, what What was the editing process like? It's a film that everyone likes to remark upon how long it is. I don't think it feels that long, but. Um, how much were you cutting, and and did that mean that the script was much longer, or was that just stuff you were doing on the fly? Well, first of all, if this would have been an American film with, um, I don't know, let's say Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. No, not referring to any movie in no, particular. No, not at all. What are you talking about? You're being rude. And, uh, so, I mean, I'm taking these these two because I'm taking people that are famous, people that will draw attention to such a film, uh, actors that will secure uh, um, success mm. somehow. The, the market of the United States is the entire world. And for the past two years, uh, we've been see, you've been seeing, you know, the, the average length for an American movie is somewhere between two hours and 15 minutes and mm. two hours and 25 minutes, which is incredibly long. Uh, most of those films are action movies or genre movies, which I guess excuse this length because they are big balls films, uh, you know, like The Dark Knight or things like this. But it doesn't mean that there are no dead beats in these films, and they should not be the, the only films entitled to such a length. And I think that more and more, a lot of long movies, long and, and, and technically, not uh, psychologically or artistically, long in, in, on, on paper um, are coming from the USA. So starting from there, should Lawrence have been an American film, people would have not talked about it that much. Then there's my age. So apparently it's very pretentious at such a young age to believe that you can entertain people for, two, for more than two hours. And then there's the fact that it's not, it's not American and, and that it's on atrian sexuals. People are like, ooh, that's like a tranny film that like spans a decade and that's two hours and 35 minutes. Maybe next time. So it's, you know, but for me, there is no way this movie could have been shorter because it was necessary to get to know characters so that they would say things and do things in the first 15, 20, 40 minutes and then do these things and say these things again two hours later and that it would feel to the audience that it's like 20 years later and that, um, not a trick, but that, that, that impression is, is, is the inciting um, um, sensation to um, motion, mm. I guess. Yeah. 
uh, and nostalgia and, and uh, you know, people are like, oh, you know, these people, we've, you've built a memory for the public. You've built, you know, you've made them some memories. You've made them some, some, some things they know and they think they're the gardens sort of a, of secret diary or whatever. And they're like, oh, we know these characters. And then when they hear these things, they have the impression that they're emotionally involved. You can't do that in an hour and 40 minutes. It's ludicrous and it's twice as long. So you might as well sit down and, and do it properly. You want to spend a decade, if you do it in two hours, it's going to be a, it's going to be a skit movie. Mm. And it's going to be very annoying, and I'm not going to see it. All right? <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, we could have lied. We could have lied about that line. We could have said, you know, we could have said it's, it's, um, it's two hours and ten minutes. And just you know, just for fun, and then do a sort of test, and just for fun. And I'm, I'd be curious to to know, you know, we actually did. To be frank, we <laughs> did. We did focus groups at the very beginning of the film, and did not say when the movie would end. And we took the watches from people. We took watches away from people and said, mm -hmm. we don't want you to look at your cell phone. We don't want you to look at your watch. You you're allowed to tell us if you ever wanted to, but not today. With I mean. This whole mediatic frenzy, it's impossible not to want to look at your watch mm -hmm. or your Facebook every one minute. Let me look at mine. Uh, and, but yeah, so, and, and then we ask the question, how long is this movie? How long do you think this movie is? And uh, some people answer two hours, mm -hmm. and two hours, 10 minutes, or two hours, 20 minutes. Someone answered one hour and 50 minutes. And I'm like, wow, you really have no judgment at all. Maybe they fell asleep. Uh, maybe, yes, thank you. Thank you for shedding light on that. Um, but, um, and back then, the movie was two hours and 50 minutes. Mm. What got cut? Wigs and boobs? <laughs> uh, I don't know what was cut. So many things. 45 minutes. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, the first cut was like 3 hours and 15 minutes. And we were all crying. Thinking, what are we going to do? A miniseries <laughs> on HBO? It was, we were nervous, but um, I shot in two blocks. So after the first block, I edited the first part and I was able to look at a movie quite precisely thinking, you know, we, we, we put some slates and holes to mm. see what would be the total and, and then yeah it was something like three hours and 25 minutes and we were like this is impossible so shooting in two halves allowed me to refocus you know to um create a sense of balance and and well to the best of my knowledge and capacity create a, a sense of balance by cutting already things that were going to be shop thinking we don't need these anymore what we do need and what we don't have in the first half is this is this i talked to uh to actors also to tell them so this is, this is the impression that, that, I, that i'm under uh, about your character when i'm when i watch the first half and you're not you you ought to you know go further that direction and, and, and less in that one because right now I'm, I don't, I don't want to be too precise about that because that's really intimate and that's their own, you know, you, I, I think it's really not elegant to talk about editing and actors because it really belongs to the secrets of the, of the you know, of the editing journey, mm -hmm. not to mention who was 
you know, was excellent and who was... Editing is, is a magic, magical thing, you know, it's where the magic happens, so it's a make-believe, even for the best actors in the world. So, uh, but yes, the, before the second half, I, I, I had to have some conversations with actors and, and tell them, okay, this is where we're going. I think this is where the movie is going. Let's, let's, go, to, let's go where the movie's going. Did that sound, sound yeah, weird? Sound good. Okay. So, I'm done. There's a kind of a, a compulsion in your films to have artists or at least people with taste. And I'm curious behind that impulse as a writer, what, what draws you to those types of characters? You mean uh, to have characters that are artists? Or, or just have taste. They're kind yeah. Of I don't know that I, that I would love to tell a story about someone who has absolutely no taste at all. But I, again, I may yeah. like that. Uh, but um, I don't, you know, I'm not obsessed with, uh, you know, like Lawrence, for me, by the way, Lawrence and Fred are not like, they don't have like the best tastes in, in, in terms of music or fashion or ever. It's not, it's not that for me. Oh, they have their good. own tastes. Uh, doesn't mean I like the music they listen to. Some of the music they listen to, yeah. Uh, and, and, um, and the clothes they're wearing, they're making some mistakes, you know. It's like, eesh. Uh, but I'm not there to project on every character mm. my own tastes and, and, and my own, you know, I'm, I'm there to create entities and, and characters so that they work and they, they, um, they reach out to an audience mm. as, as in all its diversity, so uh, there are things for everybody here and there. Some people told me, oh, I love that dress that she's wearing. Can I buy it? And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> are you? <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's personal. It's not, um, um, I wouldn't say that I'm doing these movies about people who have taste or people who are artists. Well, not that the following movies will prove me wrong on that, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting in, in Lawrence when they when uh, Lawrence has the Eluard poem, uh, and then in, in Heartbeats, I, I found it interesting when they're comparing to to David or or the Cocteau drawings. Like even if it's not something you like personally, like there's a kind of they're looking at things with that kind of framework of, of art and comparing things. Yeah, I do feel the need to the necessity to um, uh, interweave. Interweave. Yeah. Um, excerpts or or details from either paintings or poems or literature because all of these um, art platforms are sometimes so are so important to me even perhaps more than cinema itself mm. and it's important for me to sometimes express feelings or or situations with still uh, images. Uh, whether photos or whether uh, paintings mm -hmm. or so, and it, it's it will always be in my um, my movies, except when the movies are you know I don't know when like my last film is has nothing to do with what I've done so far. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's it's. Visually and artistically, it's very different. It's very, um, it's artistically 
coy. It's it's not flamboyant mm. and, and and showy, and and it's rather contained and ordinary. Uh, it's a psychological thriller taking place in the country, so it can be you know you can't chase people in a cornfield on Shakira because <laughs> it will be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it sounds Hitchcockian. <laughs> you know, it has to be, um, there's got to be a certain control and, and you, uh, constrict, constriction. Mm, yeah. Contr- anyway, you, you know, what, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, not all of my movies will, will have these paintings yeah. and all these, but instinctive, instinct, I'm not going to say that word, can you say it for Instinctively? me? Yes. I will do these things. Yeah. Um, what is your relationship to cinema right now? How would you describe your own personal, not to your own films, but just because I, I read that you were thinking about making a film about a man's relationship with cinema. I am not thinking about it. It's gone. Oh, you I are. I wrote it. You are. Okay. And I'm, so I'm, I want to do that next year. Yeah. So what does that entail, and how does that relate to your own? Like, where are you with cinema right now? Well. I, I know that most of the times when it happens, it's a negative thing. Yeah. But I think that it's a matter of time for people who, um, especially people who uh, come from um, the exotic, not people from you know New York who, who've been doing or or LA or or people who are in the American business of, of cinema. I mean, people who are outside of that business uh, have this sort of fascination for the uh, the world of. Of cinema, and sometimes their rapport, rapport to the, to this industry is is, is a groupy uh, um, thing. So um, the way I look at cinema is is is, is very uh, academic in the way I look at it, but not in the way that I that I want to do it. I'm very impressed with Hollywood and very impressed with 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 what I've been going through in the past years, like Cannes and and the movies, and you know, like I'm 23, and when I started doing this, I was 17. So, and I never went to school, to cinema school, and I, I have like my high school diploma and that's, that's about it. That's the only diploma I have actually. And, um, and I did not spend my entire childhood, you know, watching uh, Cries and Whispers and The Seventh Seal. It's really not the education I, I was given. I was not actually given an education in terms of cinema or arts. Uh, it was all done through mainstream culture, and I'm really grateful for this. And um, so, which brings me to say that a lot of people who come from that background, I guess, a lot of people who come from um, whether very little means or very little um, culture that were not in the business, uh, have this relationship with telling stories about cinema. And it comes rather soon because once, once they're introduced with that business, once they're a part of this world, they're like journalists and reporters, and and they like that's what I've been doing for the past years of my life, gathering information on how it works and how it's done, and a lot of films that attempted to well, that's a little pretentious that wanted to uh, portray this reality did in very specific ways, sometimes successfully, sometimes not. But I think there are so many things to be told about that business. It is so interesting and tragic and and beautiful to uh, the world of entertainment and uh, 
yeah, and I, I've, I've heard someone say that at one point, that once you start doing movies, it's only a matter of time before you start doing movies about movies. And that can be really annoying to most of people. Like, I know Hollywood hates films about Hollywood. And most of people are like, oh, okay, so now you want to tell us, you want, you, you want to show us how it works. Thank you so much. Please educate us. Um, but that's not what I want to do with, uh, with, the, with the movie and um, the movie you mentioned that I, that I just wrote. Um, Cornfield. No, the Cornfield movie is Tamara Film, Tamara okay. Farm. It's a psychological thriller about uh, Stockholm Syndrome and, and, and lies and death and violence and bullying. And Dalida. No, I'm kidding. Um, the, the, the movie you said because uh, you said you want you knew that I wanted to make a movie yeah. about the business. Yeah. So I was talking about the business film, the show business film. You got two. I got what? Two. Well, the time of the farm has been shot. Oh, I edited this fall. Oh, cool. It will be ready. It will come out throughout the next year or so. I don't. I don't know when. Maybe early next year. Yeah, it's not ready. It's uh, and uh, then the other one I just finished writing it like yesterday. We're going through revisions and, and corrections, and then we'll send it to La La Land. Thank you. It's over. Yeah. I'm really disappointed. Why? I don't know. It was fun. 